Welcome to the Dating BFF. Consider this your hands-free phone call on the road, your hot gossip over brunch, or your space to feel seen and heard in regard to the struggles of dating and relationships in today's world. I'm your host, Sydney N. I've been through my share of struggles and heartache to find the one. And while it's a daily challenge, I'm staying optimistic and taking you along with me. Here, you'll find juicy storytime episodes and want to hug our guests that give us real insight into how we can turn our luck around. And hopefully, we'll do it with many laughs along the way. I believe that love still has a fighting chance. Let's navigate modern dating together. Make sure you follow me on social media for additional goodies and share this episode with a friend to gift them company in the courtship process. Please take a second to leave a review and subscribe. You're listening to The Dating BFF. Hey, welcome back, everyone. In today's episode, we'll discuss how to be single and happy after a breakup. This is part two. uh, So if you haven't heard part one, go ahead and try to catch that. Now, trying to find your happiness in solitude is the most difficult right after a breakup while missing your ex or straight up feeling heartbroken. So if this is you right now, I first off want to say, I'm sorry. I've been there so many times before and almost nothing feels more difficult than the betrayal, abandonment, and uncertainty of the future and sadness this time comes with. So If this is the sort of breakup that you're experiencing, I just want to tell you to hold on. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. There won't be endless nights wishing you were back together. There will be a time where you will stop wondering what they're doing. You won't be replaying all of the promises that they made to you and then broke. You won't be worried that the new person that they're with might be cuter or you won't be worried about who they're talking to at all. The light at the end of that tunnel is peace. So I'm going to share my story and how I personally was struggling a few years ago. I was also going through it, and this is how I overcame one of the biggest emotional hurdles an unvetted relationship has caused me. So many years back, I went through maybe one of the most difficult relationships and breakups of my life, I'll just say. I was a mess, y'all. And not the cute cry kind of mess. I was monster crying to my friends and my family nonstop. Like the cries that came out of my mouth sounded like a dinosaur roaring. You know what I mean? I feel like I might not need to do an example. I'll just do it. You know that? I was doing that. It was a very pivotal moment in my life where I truly grew and realized that I need to use my pain and all of the uncomfortableness of the aftermath to grow and pivot. So in 2015, I was singing at a restaurant in San Diego, and it was a really nice spot. So just imagine like delicious steaks, gourmet seafood, lobsters, scallops, fine wines, beautiful and upscale. This was the kind of restaurant where a guy would get down on one knee and propose and where NFL teams like the Seahawks would come in. I was singing there on a Friday night and NFL superstar Marshawn Lynch's teammates were trying to get him on stage right next to me to perform a song. He actually walked up to me and asked for the microphone and I wanted to so badly and really would have if the managers had let me. So that's the picture. Nice enough for proposals, 
nice enough for the Seahawks and nice enough for Leonardo DiCaprio to come in and eat on a night that I wasn't working. He's my favorite actor and I missed him. And at the time I was 25, just saying. Anyways, on a regular night when I was taking a lunch break, one of the servers named Zarbi comes up to me and drops off the plate I ordered. He was a very tall, handsome, green eyes, brown hair, charming individual. I never considered liking him because he was a coworker in a way. And he tells me, here's your meal and I'll give it to you if you say yes to one date with me. I want to take you out. First off, don't hold my food hostage. And second off, why is this so cute? And yes, I will go on a date with him. The fact that he had the guts to straight up ask me made me even more attracted to him. And who doesn't like a man with that level of confidence? So Zarbi and I went to a lunch date on Mission Beach. And we finished the evening walking along the water with our feet in the sand during golden hour. It was just so beautiful. And I really remember having such a great time. If you haven't been to the beaches in San Diego, you have to go. They are amazing. So we had a great time. And of course, we would see each other again because we worked at the same place. We ended up being official and I became his girlfriend. Fast forward six months later, we did everything together. We loved eating out, going to the gym, going to the beach, hanging out with our coworkers together. I invited him to my sister's wedding and we had such a great time. I got to know his family and he got to meet mine. And he always told me about this sister that he had living in Hawaii, in Honolulu. And I got a big idea. His birthday was coming up and I wanted to surprise him with a trip to Hawaii. I bought us plane tickets and told him to take specific days off from work without telling him what we were doing or where we were going. He was up for the adventure, so he did it. I called his sister and asked if we could stay with her, and she was down to host us during our trip. I asked her to keep it a secret and to pick us up when I said I'm going to order us an Uber from the airport. You guys, we managed to keep it a secret all the way until the moment we got on the plane. It was so much fun to see how he was just so like excited and he had just no clue where we were going to (laughs) go. So when his sister pulled up at the airport in Hawaii, we exchanged the biggest hugs and I finally got to meet her. During our time there, we went on the most beautiful hikes imaginable. More beach time, of course. And we saw the most beautiful parts of the island of Oahu. Now, Zarbi and I fell more in love than ever before. We felt so close on the trip and we were just having the time of our lives. So afterwards, when we got back to California, I ended up having to go to San Francisco because my grandma was in town from New Jersey. So it was maybe three days after our trip. And I distinctly remember calling Zarbi in the morning in California. I was in Northern California. He was in Southern California in San Diego. I called him. There was no answer. No problem at all. I knew he was going to go at a co- to a coworker's birthday party. And I knew all of them. And 
I would have probably gone to this party too if I wasn't visiting my family. A few more hours go by, no answer. I thought maybe he just wasn't seeing his phone and he will get back to me whenever he has the chance. The whole day passes. It's now midnight and I haven't heard back from him at all. Like no text, no call, no social media message. I just assumed that he lost his phone. I called one of the coworkers to see if he was there and they told me they saw him earlier, but he was no longer at the party that was still going on. They told me that he had been drinking quite a bit and left with the birthday girl, with the birthday girl, with Brinkley. I thought it was strange, but she was my friend. So I didn't panic. I called her, but no answer. She was the friend that I went to concerts with, out to dinner with, someone I enjoyed hanging out with. I even took her to see Justin Bieber while he was in town because I knew JB's band and got us some tickets. I mean, why was he leaving so drunk? And why was Brinkley leaving her own birthday party? So I was restless the entire night. It was 4 a.m. and... I called him one last time before I decided to just sleep. He answered. He gave me every excuse to why his phone died and why he couldn't charge it, why he couldn't call me back, why he left the party with her. I asked where they went and he actually told me the truth. He said that they went back to his house. Remember, This was only three days after our trip to Hawaii. I thought we were doing so good. And he was supposed to pick me up from the airport. But after this night, he decided he wasn't going to and told me to take an Uber. You guys, I was pissed. He pled innocent when I got back. He really didn't talk to me for the first couple of days I was back in San Diego. When we finally talked... He said that she fell asleep on his couch and that he went upstairs to his room. He promised me nothing happened. One evening, as we decided to make pizza together, I asked him what happened probably a hundred times. I said, what happened that night? What happened that night? So tell me what happened that night. I mean, I didn't say it that often, but I probably asked once a minute. I really needed to know. On the hundred first question of what happened that night, he caves. He says, if I tell you what happened, will you stop asking me? My heart started audibly pounding in my ears. I knew he was going to uncover something that he had been hiding. So I nod yes. He says, Brinkley and I came back. And while in the back of the Uber, she makes out with me and we got handsy back there. We came back and had sex. I don't know how it happened. She's so ugly to me and she's so gross. I don't even like her. Whatever. I felt so betrayed by him, by her. I could have punched somebody. So the next week... I had to go to work and I knew she would be there because she was one of our coworkers. I knew that he would be there because he has to work too. He never reached out to me again. 
He did the opposite, actually, which was avoid me. He didn't talk to Brinkley at work. He actually started talking to another cocktail waitress. Within a week, I was hearing the story of how they were now sleeping together and how they were going to move into an apartment together. I couldn't believe the love square that had transpired. And this was all two weeks after Hawaii. Every day I drove into work, I would cry so hard on my drive there. I was going to be in the one place in the world I did not want to be in at all. I struggled with this for an entire month until I decided I was going to quit. I was anxious, hurt, depressed, and beyond anything, I felt the feeling of betrayal like a dagger. I was miserable. The road to being even okay was long and hard. I felt like asking to be happy was too much. I felt like that was the big and impossible request. All I really thought was possible was just to be numb to the pain that I was feeling. I had to claw my way back to the surface. The first step isn't going to break the internet. It's not tweetable, but it's the catalyst to the change that was going to happen. I needed to stop speaking to him. He was avoiding me. So in this instance, I didn't need to block communication. I just needed to stop reaching out. I had to just let him go. I had to convince myself of all the reasons why it's better to let him go than to hold on. I mean, it was everywhere. There were so many flags on the play. So many reasons why he was disqualified. And for some odd reason, I felt like the person who hurt me was the only person that could soothe my pain. Not true. I know. So I stopped communicating and I just blocked his number to stop me from looking at my phone to see if he texted me or called me. I needed to shake up the ground of the stillness and the isolation that I had been in. I was uncomfortable in my isolation and I needed to get myself in a place where I still might be uncomfortable, but around a community without groups of people knowing it, without me telling every acquaintance about my breakup and what was going on, they still became a part of the support system that I needed. I talked about this in part one, so go check that out, but I found a good therapist to talk to. I found safe people to talk to, and I found a church to get connected with that had specific people and specific support groups to talk to that helped me navigate this more difficult season of my life. You guys, I can't stress this enough. I really needed a support system. My boyfriend was my best friend. Again, we did everything together, the gym, the beach. Most of our free time was together. My coworkers were my friends. And since I no longer trusted them, I didn't want to spend time with them anymore. I had most of my family about 500 miles away. I wasn't going to church really at the time, so I had no church friends. I felt completely alone and it was scary. I've always been a beach girl, but... I had just started going back again more often. There was a group of people playing volleyball and I joined them. 
Now, before this, I had never played, but it was okay. This was the beginning of my exciting volleyball journey. It was just a pickup volleyball game. There weren't any good players either. They had music playing and there were beers in the cooler. So this was a non-competitive and a happy but social environment. And I was just happy to play. They met up every Wednesday. So I started doing that and it made the middle of my week a lot easier. So step number three, that was number two. So step number three was I set a realistic goal for myself at this time to help me improve with my self-care. It was small. Whether it was walking or running, I was going to do it for 20 minutes. And then afterward, I was going to stretch for 10 minutes. I set reminders on my phone. I set timers too. If anything, I was going to get my body moving. And if I had to do it with bawling my eyes out, I was just going to wear sunglasses. But I was making that commitment to myself and I was sticking with it. It helped me. Getting dressed to go out, getting mentally prepared for exercise temporarily shifted my focus. It was already starting to break the routine of the heartache and the hurt and help me move towards healing. The next step was I had to get my priorities straight. Like I was like, girl, what is going on? How are you with this guy? Why did I ever think that this person was right for me? Was it simply because he was cute? Because anyone could be cute. Was he just charming? Because anyone could be charming. Aren't like serial killers charming? I mean, what are my values? And how did I assess that this was a good fit? Or even worthy of being someone that I was dedicated to, I came to the realization that I had no idea what I wanted. I just knew that I wanted to be happy and to be loved and to care for someone who cares for me. But what did that consist of? Like, what would that man look like? Now I realize that the man needs to answer to God I need a man who doesn't turn to the world for answers, that I need a man who can lead and is led by the Holy Spirit. Zarbi was a lost and broken human and wasn't trying to be a better man. And I couldn't see that. Like, I couldn't even see that. Like, I need a man who doesn't put himself in situations where they're going to be tempted to cheat. Maybe I should have seen that he heavily drinks and that should have even thrown a pink flag in there, but I just didn't see it. There were so many signs showing me that he was not clear on his own boundaries to where he won't be going home with a girl because sex can happen. How clear was I on my boundaries? I've always wanted to be the girl who was so chill and easygoing, but I confused that with having actual standards and boundaries for myself and for my relationship. I was so worried that I wouldn't be a chill girlfriend that I let everything happen. I was so accepting of any person being in any state at any time. It didn't matter if they were taking care of themselves mentally and physically and spiritually because I just wanted to be an accepting person. And I just let everyone get close to me. And when I got burned... I was so confused. I just needed someone who was on the path to discovering their goals 
someone who wanted to be a good person, someone who had some hope for a healthy family and marriage in the future. All this was something I should have known before taking them to Hawaii. I needed to better assess before going all in like that, like I did. This hard place was a catalyst to so much self-development and growth as a person. I honestly felt like I was angry at God for not giving me the wisdom and the discernment to avoid a situation like this. I was not sure why I had to go through another tough breakup yet again. I had to forgive myself, to forgive him, and to choose to live a life that I was proud of. I wanted to be proud of myself and love myself again. So the path to being single and happy after a breakup took me four months, honestly, like to fully heal. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It took a while. And it started with just stopping communication. I blocked their social media accounts. I blocked their number. I stopped following anyone who would post him on stories. I stopped reaching out and stopped him from possibly reaching out to me and and finding me. I stopped isolating myself and I found a support system. And I set a small realistic goal that was healthy for myself. I got outside of my house and I ran. I needed something I could focus on for at least 30 minutes a day that wasn't him. And last, I had to get my priorities straight. I wrote down my five core values. I wrote down what I needed. I had to uncover why I thought this man who I dated was even worth dating. I had to look into why I thought I deserved such a shallow and low budget relationship when in reality, I brought so many beautiful things to the table. I had to figure out how I could be a better woman and where I needed to show up in my relationships with other people and myself because I wasn't perfect. The road is not easy. It's long and hard and you never fully arrive. And it's a lifelong journey. But by doing these things, it helped me uncover and overcome the sadness and the hurt that I was feeling. And I was able to find a happier place. If this is currently you, if you're going through a heart-wrenching breakup, I'm sorry that you're going through a tough time. Breakups can be incredibly challenging, but remember that you're not alone. It's okay to feel sad right now. Try to focus on taking care of yourself and surrounding yourself with supportive friends and family. You're strong and you will get through this. It's okay to take things one day at a time. You are capable of healing and finding happiness again. Guys, thank you so much. Thanks for hearing my story. Please download this episode and share it with a friend who might benefit from a little bit of encouragement today. You can always reach out to me at the dating BFF on Instagram or email me any of your questions or if you just want to chat and share what's going on in your love life, you can do that at the dating BFF at gmail.com and I'll follow up with you there. Thank you so much, guys. Stay encouraged. Stay strong. You've got this. I love you guys and I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.